You're listening to The Souvenir Shop, a podcast about random objects from the past. Number 28. The Pebble. A small, roundish pebble, painted dark green and featuring a white letter Z. I remember exactly where I was for the enhancement of this piece of nondescript stone, and why. In the death throes of my university career, around June 1980, I cut short revising for my final exam in Chinese and Japanese theatre, and went straight to the Union Bar. This ugly cavernous room featured a long bar, a jukebox, two pinball machines, and a mass of brown chipboard booth seating resembling cattle pens. I'd had enough of revising. Any understanding of kabuki theatre I didn't possess by now would certainly not materialise during the final hours before the exam. Sitting in one of those cattle pens was my friend Mark with his girlfriend in deep conversation. I sat down opposite them. We've been waiting for you, he said. Really? This was uncharacteristic of Mark. How do you fancy taking the lesson and death watch to Edinburgh? He was referring to the classic absurdist plays by Ionesco and Genet we had each directed as part of our final year project. For both of us, they were an academic and critical high point in our otherwise fair to middling three years at Hull University Drama Department. All thoughts of Oriental Theatre were put aside as we discussed the logistics of getting our productions to the Edinburgh Fringe. I already knew that a mature student in the year below had taken on a venue there and was managing another company in our department, and that he had a spare lunchtime slot that needed to be filled. We named our troupe Z Theatre Company, because the all-important Edinburgh Fringe programme was still being typeset and we needed to ensure our company's inclusion when they reached the end of the alphabet. And like many practical conclusions that sit behind marketing decisions, the name stuck. People liked its simplicity. But, as with all ventures, the main issue was money. We held raffles, borrowed money off parents, sold our course books, wrote begging letters, pulled any stunt which might add to our modest coffers. In amongst these was the free market stall we took on on the main concourse at our student union. This is how I ended up with four other people in a student bedroom fashioning earrings out of feathers and surgical wire and painting pebbles with the letter Z, all intended to be sold to raise funds. Why anyone would want to spend 30 pence on a hastily painted pebble is still a mystery to me, but at the back of our minds we were probably remembering the recent fashion for pet rocks. A few years earlier, a Californian advertising executive called Gary Dahl came up with the idea of selling painted rocks as pets, an in-joke devised with friends in a late-night bar. These pet rocks wouldn't need feeding, walking or worming, and were guaranteed not to chew the edge of your vintage Azerbaijani carpet. For a mere four dollars, you got a brightly painted rock with a smiling face and a 32-page instruction book on the proper care of your rock. Of course, sales for these climbed into seven figures, and by the time the craze was over, Dahl was a millionaire. 
I have no idea how many people were conned into buying a Zed Pebble. Maybe they were sold as paperweights, those completely superfluous items which, along with soda streams and fondue sets, are given as presents by many and used by almost no one. As I've already mentioned, another company in our department, called the Acolytes, was also going to Edinburgh. They were premiering three groundbreaking productions dealing with sexual politics, featuring some of the best, most charismatic and most beautiful actors in our university department. We, on the other hand, were taking two old absurdist plays which had been produced in some form, often more than once, at Edinburgh every year for the past two decades. Thankfully, and because some of them were old friends, there was no ill feeling between the two companies. There wasn't even anything that could be described as friendly rivalry. We were both working much too hard to get our companies and productions ready for Edinburgh to bother looking over our shoulders at anyone else. However, Mark and my own shortcomings were highlighted to me just the once when one of the more off-script members of the Acolytes approached me in the students' coffee bar shortly after Zed Theatre Company was unveiled. What do you think you're doing with all this Zed stuff? she angrily demanded. We're taking the lesson and Death Watch to Edinburgh, I replied. Huh, you don't stand a chance against us, we're the cool ones. And off she stomped. And in a sense she was right. The Acolytes had a prime evening slot in the same venue as us. They had money and resources behind them. Mark and I were a couple of Tyro directors at the nerdier end of the spectrum, who genuinely thought we could launch a theatrical adventure by selling hand-painted rocks. We were wannabes, arrivistes, parvenus, and we were deeply uncool. Was there ever a better reason to take a show to Edinburgh? By mid-August, transplanted to a shabby flat in the Scottish capital and living off spagbol and chips at the Fringe Club, we were thriving. A combination of resourcefulness, sheer chutzpah and a Dunkirk spirit ensured bums on seats and rave reviews. And by writing a promotional parody of The Martian Hop, a 1963 hit for the Randells, we performed on the city streets, I inadvertently sowed the seeds for my own future career on the comedy circuit. More importantly, that adventure on the Edinburgh Fringe cemented friendships which survive over four decades later. The bottom line of success, of course, meant that we recouped our production budget and, much to their astonishment, I repaid my parents the money they lent me and never expected to see again. And that Chinese and Japanese theatre exam for which I didn't fully revise? Considering how I'd stayed up half the night before to embark on my new profession of theatrical impresario, it went better than expected. In the end, I got a fairly mediocre honours degree, one that would see me through life, but might not have been good enough to fast-track me into the civil service. Z Theatre Company still exists within Hull University Drama Department, and so it should. The process of getting a show to Edinburgh with almost no capital and then competing with massive professional companies with huge resources is probably as good an education about the mechanics of how theatre works as any Samuel Beckett lecture or Ibsen seminar.
James Graham, often described as our greatest living playwright, had his first public success with Z Theatre Company's 2002 production of his play Cole Not Dole. His incredible career since then is something for which I, through my role as co-founder of Zed, obviously claim full credit. But he still hasn't thanked me. That was The Pebble, written and read by Matthew Diamond, with thanks to Brian and Anna Thompson. If you enjoyed this, then why not hit like and subscribe, and leave a review if you can, on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next time.